Hello, welcome to Dying to Talk. I'm Buddy Feneff, a fourth generation funeral director in New Hampshire and the owner of Feneff Funeral Homes and Crematorium and the founder of the Cremation Society of New Hampshire. My co-hosts today are Mandy Damaris and Madison Smith, both longtime funeral directors with our firm. Hello, I'm Mandy. Thanks for joining us on Dying to Talk. Hi, I'm Madison. We're excited to discuss some frequently asked questions about the funeral industry. Dying to Talk is a lighthearted and upbeat discussion of those topics no one really wants to talk about. Each episode, we will choose a subject that is related to funeral service, the cremation process, or death and dying. On this week's show, we are going to be talking about the role of the hospice and caregiver liaison and how funeral homes are leveraging this position to educate and inform. Um, Our guest this morning is going to be Colleen Kurlansky, who is a hospice liaison for our firms. Um, And as we'll talk about with Colleen, um, hospice liaison is actually a fairly new position. Um, I do have friends that have larger funeral homes throughout the country that have started to use hospice liaisons, but it's something that's really not um, known outside of some of the larger firms and a lot of smaller firms don't. But Colleen's going to talk to us why, why funeral homes and why consumers can benefit from having hospital, excuse me, hospice liaisons um, on their staff really as, as an educational arm of, of what the funeral home, home does. So, um, And ladies, you know, working with hospice every day, how important it is and how, how much inaccurate information is out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's, it's great to have somebody be able to bridge that gap, you know, from, you know, during that transition from life to death, you know, right. th- have somebody be able to kind of go be the go-between and give them the right information they need before the death occurs. And a lot of people think, oh, it's they're a hospice nurse, they must know what happens. And, and the reality is, I mean, we have hospice nurses coming here all the time doing training is once the deceased leaves their care, they don't know what goes on. I mean, they're oftentimes, they're no more knowledgeable than the consumer in terms of cremation laws and funeral options and what families can and can't do and that's and that's that's what we're doing with our hospice liaison Colleen is to is to educate um, so families can make educated decisions and not say oops I didn't know that or gee I got wrong information yeah it just makes so much sense for, uh, for the funeral homes and the hospice staff to be working you know hand in hand mm-hmm. to yep. makes it easier for helps everyone, everyone all involved yeah. Yeah. we talked about why progressive firms are funeral homes are, are really getting into um, having hospice liaisons be sort of the the gatekeeper between hospice and funeral homes um so what is just in, in you know in your experience what is a hospice liaison what do you do well you know and this is obviously a very new thing for me and as for, us and and for you as well um i have been introducing myself to the various hospice facilities vna facilities hospitals throughout the state uh, i really try to engage uh, the social workers and the hospice managers as to what their needs are, uh, what we can do to help them uh, in their very important roles in dealing with uh, families and obviously uh, patients at the end of life. So really my job, the way I look at it, is to make their jobs easier, providing resources, guidance, um, education where I can, and obviously referring back to people here where um, appropriate. Uh, But really I've been well received and people are very interested in the fact that there is a caregiver liaison for the cremation society of new hampshire and Fanuf funeral homes and it's it's an educational role more than anything isn't it it absolutely is and i try to listen again to what their needs are so we can develop relationships with these important people and uh, I really, to, in order for me to help them, I need to know what their needs are. Right. So there's a lot of getting to know each other um, in those kinds of environments. Mm-hmm. 
So what do, what's your background? I mean, do you, do have you ever worked in the death care industry before? No, and oddly enough, um, as Buddy and uh, Buddy knows, the only experience I've ever had is a personal experience, obviously, as we most of us have had throughout our lives. Um, my background is marketing, public relations, business development, most recently, the last 20 plus years for law firms. So this is a very different um, role for me and one I'm enjoying. Well, it's kind of actually ideal, you know, you, coming into this don't you know didn't know what the death care industry was about so you're learning about it and then taking what you learn and educating people who also don't know what it's about so you you kind of you can't really you're in the position of not being able to assume they know things they don't know absolutely yeah uh, absolutely and obviously the education is coming uh, for uh, to, to in my direction as well from the people that I'm meeting with but yes it's been a, it's it's very educational I've read a lot I'm getting a lot from the people I'm meeting with there's certainly no shortage of there's them. no shortage no, no there's no there shortage are, there are difference between working with attorneys and working with hospice nurses or I, I, will I get my will I incriminate I myself? I so. <laughs> I, I, there's a there's a very large difference. Uh, I can tell you that one of the uh, bigger differences is that people are very happy to see me. Uh, they uh, have big mm -hmm. smiles on their faces when I arrive, and uh, they invite me in. They're very warm and welcoming. Uh, not that lawyers aren't, um, but sometimes when you're working with lawyers, uh, there's a little bit of a, what did you do for me today? And, mm -hmm. and I certainly don't experience that with the hospice workers that I'm dealing with. If you don't mind me asking, with such a different background with marketing and working with attorneys, how did you come to be the caregiver liaison? Well, interesting story to a certain extent. Um, you, you know, we've, it's all about who we know and networks and I happened to sit on a board with a local nonprofit and someone who knew Buddy and the two of us connected she felt that I think my personality was one that would mesh nicely with this kind of a role and so that's kind of how it happened Buddy and I spoke and I think we both were comfortable that uh, with with my outgoing personality uh, that this would be a, a good position for me and so far it has. Right. Now, some people, I just want to clear the air, is you're not out there talking about pre-planning and arrangements or in any way acting as a funeral director. You're simply the liaison Absolutely. and communicator of information and in putting hospice together with, whether it be our funeral home or another funeral home or you know, whoever they need in terms of resources or, hey, I have a family that, I guess, I'm, I'm answering the question for you, but go ahead and... Uh... No, absolutely. Uh, the, I, I am not a licensed funeral director. I uh, don't aspire to be one. We have plenty here that are very capable, two right here and uh, three right here in the room with me. And so I do not uh, do prearranging with anyone. I don't deal with the families. I specifically deal with the providers, the caregivers, uh, who are dealing with the families, and, and again, in a very, in very difficult time. So uh, I provide them, um, I think, the caregivers a little bit of comfort, knowing that there are resources here, uh, that there's education here. We have the hospice portal for near-need uh, near arrangement forms. Um, so I think, you know, no, I'm not a licensed funeral director. I'm truly providing the, the education that they need and the resources mm -hmm. that they need. So when you also say education, are you meaning in regards to state laws, federal, that, that type no, of thank information? You. No, thank you, Madison. That's not, not something that I'm up to speed on. So obviously if there were uh, some kind of uh, 
specific questions about specific state laws, and of course I am traveling over the borders. I've gone to Massachusetts, I've gone to Vermont, I've gone to most recently Maine. I certainly refer those back to Buddy. Um, certainly with, when we talk about education, or when I talk about education and resources, it's about what we can provide for them, like some of the workshops, the educational presentations and workshops that we can provide for them. The resources that might be available, like the Hospice Help Foundation. I think that Janet Prescott was on a, one of these Dying to Talk shows recently and talked a little bit about that foundation. Uh, we have a caregiver newsletter. So that's more about what I mean in, in education, the resources that we can provide to them or at least steer them in that right direction. Financial service assistance, um, that's something that comes up on a very regular basis. Now, one of the things, and this is probably my fault since I actually created the title of Hospice Liaison, um, it's more than that because you're reaching out to senior centers, senior centers, different. So it's really more of a caregiver. It's people that maybe have elder care questions. So um, what have you done and what are you doing? Even, even more than that, um, I visit all of the visiting nurse associations, as I mentioned, mm -hmm. the hospice houses, um, an organization called ServiceLink, which is a program uh, from the Department of Health and Human Services that really is an excellent uh, resource for people. So that's one of my visits. Uh, they often have a need to refer uh, for specifically cremation is more one of, more of one of their bigger referrals, uh, but funeral homes as well. Um, I've also reached out to the senior centers, that's something new, and the hospitals. So wherever I go, I'm also visiting the hospitals, including uh, the veterans' home. Um, I hate to put that into the term of a hospital. We've not right. visited really nursing homes per se, but um, the hospitals as well where I talk with either case managers, their hospice managers, or again, their social workers that are on staff in the hospital. So far-reaching. Um, I'm talking with more people than just... The hospice. So houses. your out outreach isn't isn't necessarily nurses that are working with dying patients on the Not hospital. All. I mean, hopefully, it's because our, our you know your window to educate it becomes much more narrow when you say you know I have this patient who has this situation and they only have a couple weeks to live. So um, if you're dealing with what you are with caregivers and senior centers and Service Link, which is a great organization, um, you can engage people earlier on in the process, and that it gives them that much more time to plan and ask questions and. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Hi, Colleen. Welcome to Dying to Talk. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. Um, so let's talk a little bit. I, we, we sort of set the stage um, before you... What, uh, what kind of feedback are you getting? I mean, I, I know that you're very well received. I've, you know, I've accompanied you at times, and you know, people are, are wild about the program. But you personally, do you hear back from anybody? Do you people contact you directly? I do. I, I have um, I've had some personal notes. I've had some personal emails. Um, I have uh, very positive feedback about what a great service we provide to the community with our, obviously, our assistance with the discounted cremation, but just in our active involvement with the community as well. Mm -hmm. So the feedback I've heard has been very good. Uh, I've also heard about um, certainly our people who come to pick up um, a, a loved one who's passed away and the good benefits of that mm -hmm. versus, to be honest, um, some of our competition that might not be such... Uh, a positive experience for some of the hospice houses. Mm -hmm. So I've had some very good feedback. Good. And it's been very nice to be able to report back that mm -hmm. about that feedback. Nice. Expanding on Mandy's question, why do you feel that this role is so important to the community? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I think, obviously, the everyone that I'm dealing with from the hospice standpoint are very compassionate and very passionate about what they do. 
They're very active in their communities. Most of the VNAs in the hospice centers started off as nonprofits. Some still are. Um, and so they've been very involved in their communities. And so for us to be involved with the community, that's a plus for us. Uh, they see that as a, a very strong plus. Mm-hmm. Is that an answer? Yes, yeah. that, that's a great yeah. answer. Yeah. So why do you, this is sort of a, a loaded self-serving question, but that's okay. <laughs> well, let's try. Let's see, what, let's see how I answer it. So as I mentioned um, before you came on, I have, I have friends um, that own funeral homes in different parts of the country, larger firms, family-owned firms that, um, that have had hospice liaisons, either full-time or part-time on staff, um, for years, but it's sort of moved its way here to the East Coast. And um, why do you think more funeral homes in New England, especially New Hampshire, aren't? I mean, I think you're the first one. And I, I'm it. And I'm, I'm not that bright to come up with this idea. I'm thinking someone that was no, smarter I, than I me think, would have. I, th- done I this. certainly think that you've had the vision. Um, uh, you've had a vision, which maybe others haven't. Maybe they they don't understand the value of this, and there is strong value. I mean, the first few visits I made, um, I, I reported back to Buddy, and the first few visits I made, people said, "Oh." What is a caregiver liaison? We, we don't really know what you do. What kind of a role is that? What can you do for us? Very new for people here. They, are, they, they didn't um, have not experienced that. I'm not sure why others have not. They should. Um, I'm glad we're first out there. And, and I, think, I think that the knee-jerk reaction when I have spoken to other, other peers and some competitors saying, oh, it's a sales position. And I'm saying, no, 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 no. no. It, it's not. You're not out there, you know peddling brochures and why this it's really it's really an educational platform it very much is uh, i very rarely talk about pricing uh, no one asked me about pricing they're more interested i mean i'll get down to the nitty-gritty some of the questions i've been asked i had one person ask me if if we know it's a veteran that we're removing uh do we drape their casket there with a with a flag uh, the structure mm-hmm. with a flag on the way out i mean these are the kinds of the questions that i re- i get on mm-hmm. a on a on an each visit basis they're very very different um mandy you've done some of these in the Mm -hmm. past and i'm sure you can talk to that too about the the, the different kinds of questions that people are asking and it's not a sales position more than anything else they're curious about the process Mm -hmm. you know what what happens hospice nurse what happens after i call you after i've gone to the home after i've pronounced the death and i've left the family that's right. What do you do? Like, what happens then? Because they, they, don't, they know. don't know. They're not there. And I think there's there's an underlying assumption that mm-hmm. well, this is a hospice nurse. She deals with death all the time. Of mm-hmm. course, she knows what happens. And um, and you know, Colleen, that we we have hospice volunteers and hospice nurses coming into our facility. We do hospice training for for ten or twelve different hospice organizations that are here. Probably not necessarily once a month, but giving them a tour and and Absolutely. you know, I'm meeting with them and they said. Oh, I didn't know the you know I didn't know this was involved with cremation. I didn't know you could split up the cremated remains. I didn't know you could do this mm-hmm. or that. It's I think there's an underlying assumption that the hospice nurses know everything right. about funerals, and and that's that's not the case. That's not the case at all. And as well, I think some people don't understand that not everyone dies or passes away within a hospice house. They, right. they, they, most people would prefer to die at home. And so that what happens in a house would be different than what happens in a hospice house is mm-hmm. different than what would happen in your right. own home. Right. And being able to um, provide nurses with that education so that they can begin to prepare the family, family for what to expect, you know, rather than waiting for the, you know, the three o'clock in the morning phone call and the Absolutely. family going, oh my gosh, what happens now? Absolutely. And I think more and more of those nurses are playing that very mm-hmm. important role. They're spending time with the family. They're, uh, they're there in a most difficult time. And, and sometimes it's, you know, a, a, a prolonged period of time. Mm-hmm. And so they do to get to be very close with the family mm-hmm. and, and they're 
they're advocates for the family. They mm-hmm. want to make sure that what they're guiding them with is is proper. Right. And just gives them, you know, one more thing to help them put their mind at Absolutely. ease. Absolutely. To help them, you know, relax. I saw, I saw a statistic the other day that said, um, i got to be honest, I don't know if this is this is true of New Hampshire, but it's nationwide that um, that 50% of people now are dying with involvement of hospice. So I think half of the families, and I, I mean, I'm, I haven't done any statistical analysis about it, but I mean, that sounds fairly accurate for, mm-hmm. for our firms and here in New Hampshire. So Definitely. it's, yeah. you know, people are choosing to, to engage hospice. And I mean, what a better avenue for f- the funeral industry to, to educate. Matter of fact, it's interesting. I, got, I just pulled this out, and I know, I know you read this because I sent it to you. Uh, <laughs> well, just because you sent it to me <laughs> doesn't well, mean true. I read it. It's true. Um, one of our, our trade I don't mag- read half the stuff he sends me. It's true. <laughs> no one does. Um, <laughs> our, our trade mag. One of our trade magazines, American Funeral Director Magazine, which if anyone at home gets this, that would be really scary. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, our February, the the, the 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 headline article is how hospice is changing funeral service, um, and it talks about how hospice nurses are the gatekeepers, and they're the ones that are recommending funeral homes. I mean, it's. It's no longer the, necessarily the parish priest or the attorney. It's it's the hospice nurse That's because right. you know hospice has spent anywhere from days to weeks with the families become personal. Right. It's a very you know, intimate relationship. Intimate. They become very trusted and parts of the family. Absolutely. Again, it gets to the fact that well, of course, this hospice nurse knows they deal with this all the time. Who should I call? What happens about this? What if we have no money? And then the hospice nurse is like, I'm not real sure. So it sort of bridges. It ends up going from the family. To the hospice nurse as the gatekeeper, to the hospice liaison, to our staff or funeral home staff or funeral directors. So it's it's really, I mean, the article is perfect. It's really how hospice is changing the dynamic of a funeral service. Absolutely. Yeah. So just out of curiosity, I mean, there's hundreds of facilities in, in hundreds and hundreds of facilities in the Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, Massachusetts area. How much time do you dedicate to this? Well. Uh, it depends on where I travel, obviously. And our budget. And our budget. <laughs> and a budget. I, did you hear the well? Uh, there, there, you know, depending on where we're going and what's on our plate for the, the month, there's about 20 hours a month, give mm-hmm. or take, um, usually a little more, uh, because I'm traveling a little bit further. Last week I was in Maine. Um, so it's, and depends on, and Mandy, you know too, it depends on the um, the visits. Sometimes mm-hmm. my visits could be 10 minutes. Sometimes mm-hmm. they could be 40 minutes, Absolutely. depending on the yeah. questions that people have. Yeah. I never call in advance. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to have someone provide the, I don't want to give anyone the opportunity of saying, no, we don't want to see you. <laughs> so I always show, just kind of knock, and, and people, again, are Although very happy to Although you've never gotten kicked me. out yet, have you? I've not been kicked out of okay. one place yet, not at <laughs> okay. all. Um, uh, and, yet. and I've only stressed had, the yet. The yet, yet. Uh, no, everybody's very happy to see me. Sometimes the, the correct person, the person I really should be seeing with, isn't there in the office. But I follow up with a personal note after the fact, which I found to be very... Uh, helpful. They, then you're again connecting, a, you know, making a relationship and making a connection with that person. So you could spend a lot of time with this. Over the last seven months, I've made over 50 visits. Mm-hmm. And sometimes uh, you bring cookies too, so that helps. And sometimes cookies I bring always cookies. Help. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, cookies too. So that does always help. Yes. Or some little kind of goodie of some yeah. sort. Yes. Absolutely. Everybody loves treats. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming. No, oh, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us on another informative episode of Dying to Talk. I definitely learned a lot. If our listeners have any questions about funerals or cremations, either in New Hampshire or Vermont, I'm happy to answer them. Just email me at buddy at finef.net. That's buddy at P-H-A-N-E-U-F.net. Or call me on my direct line at 603-625-5778. 
Our contact information is in the show notes of this episode too. 